Hey folks, we're glad to be back with you. It's been several weeks since we've been together like this, but we have an opportunity to do it, and so Christian and I wanted to do it. And we're doing another Bible Studies for Life series, and we're on, we're looking at the person of Elijah, and looking at what it means to trust and have courage and those sorts of things as we serve God. Yeah, Elijah was a great prophet. Um, Jesus even referenced him in the New Testament. And he had such faith and trust. Today we're going to be looking at a portion, and the writer really wants to point out the trust. But if you look at his life, he had trust every day in every step he took. And she did point out something, if you have your books on the bottom of page 84. She said Elijah didn't just talk about what God could do. He's he built his life on it and showed others how to do the same. So we'll be looking at how he trusted God and um, thinking about ways in our life that we can trust God just moment by moment throughout the day. So if you have your Bibles, um, you can turn to 1 Kings chapter 17. And we're going to start in verse 7 today and read through verse 12 to begin with. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. So in this story, uh, to give you a picture of what, what we would have looked at last week, uh, Ahab has become king of Israel and Ahab is an evil uh, deceitful, selfish, self-serving king, and he's very destructive, uh, and he's egged on on every turn by his wife Jezebel. In fact, she encourages a lot of the things he does and uses her position to kind of leverage him uh, into doing some of these things. And so Elijah goes to Ahab, and he says to Ahab, it's not going to rain for three and a half years, unless I say differently. So unless I say differently, it's not going to rain for three and a half years. And as you can imagine, I mean, it's an agrarian society. Everybody's just completely dependent upon crops to live. They're completely dependent upon rain. That's why all of their gods were named after the suns and the rivers and the rain and stuff like that. And so Elijah leaves and God tells him, hey, there's a place for you to go. And he gives him a place, the brook, uh, Kidron, I believe is what it was called. And uh, so he goes to that brook and he stays there for some period of time, long enough for the the brook to run up dry because the rain had quit coming and he was fed day and night uh, from the king's table so he's really kind of close to Ahab more than likely and uh, anyways he's taken care of by God and now he's at this point where God's saying all right it's time to transition to somewhere else yeah um you know that it doesn't say I'm sure if you read behind some scholars it may give a, a varied time based on the the layout of the land and the you know time time of it having for the brook to dry up, but it just, in our Bible, says sometime later. So he's sitting there. I can only imagine him sitting in the cave, and the ravens are feeding him breakfast. They're feeding him dinner from the king's table, and then he's just sitting there, and all of a sudden, the brook dries up. And he's like, okay, 
I can't imagine what he's done day in and day out, um, if he's went to town or if he's just sat in the cave, but he's been there. And now it's like, okay, what do I do? Where do I go? And it says here, he says, go at once to Zarephath. Well, this particular place is where Jezebel's father was from. And so it's kind of ironic. He's just kind of gotten himself in a little trouble with Ahab and Jezebel by telling him it wasn't going to rain until he said it was. And now he's commanded to go to this city where Jezebel's family is from or heritage is. And when you get there, um, God said, I'll have a widow ready to supply you with some food. So that, to me, stuck out to the widow part because widows back then were viewed as very poor because their husband had passed away. They didn't have means to care for themselves, and usually they depended on the society to take care of them. And God's directing them to a widow to take care of them. And those just have so many other underlying meanings to me um, there. But I want to point out something the writer said at the bottom of page 85. It says, why questions hit all of us? Like the question I just had when the brook dried up, like, where am I going to go? Um, those questions hit all of us at different times. But when God is our provider, which he was for Elijah, we'll always have what we need. Because the nature of the provision may change, but God is the source of the provision. So he's had him in this cave and taken care of him, and now he's going to send him to a widow. And we'll get more into that in just a second if Daniel wants to go ahead and go there. Well, I mean, they have a really interesting exchange where Elijah says, you know, bring me something to drink. And uh, I think that he's probably like most of us. He sees this person, and for whatever reason, he can identify her as a widow. Maybe she has on garments that identify her as a widow or whatever. Uh, maybe it's the task that she's employed with. I mean, I, I don't know quite certainly, but uh, Elijah, I think, kind of tested her. Like, Bring me some water. You know, is this the right person? Uh, before you go asking somebody for food in a famine, at least ask them for something to drink and see if they'll uh, go along with you. And it's interesting that God sent her, that God sent Elijah there, and we actually have the answer for that: why God sent Elijah to this area. And it's in Luke chapter four. Jesus says that he sent Elijah. He said he said basically this: he said there weren't weren't there a bunch of widows in Israel when I sent Elijah to Zarephath, and he points out that the reason he sent Elijah to Zarephath was that that widow had faith. And so the same substance that Elijah has been living on for the last several uh, months, for sure, and, and his life as well, but being willing to dis, uh, stand up in front of Ahab and say it's not going to rain, faith is where God sends him. God sends him somewhere where there is somebody else who is living on that same faith. Um, and so, I mean, that's Jesus' reference in Luke 4 where he says, I sent him to that widow uh, because uh, she has faith. And it was just a reminder to me, too, that you know Elijah has spent this time in the brook or at the brook by himself, as you were pointing out, more than likely pretty much alone. And it was a reminder that silence with God, like when, when we engage God in the silence, it leads to a full expectation of God's presence at any place and any time. Um, a typical Jew would not have done this. You don't go to Zarephath. You, I mean, why can't you send me to one of the tribes of Israel? 
Why can't you send me to an Israeli town? Why can't you send me to a place where there's a rabbi who's going to try and look out for the good prophet? Why can't you send me somewhere where there's a Levite or there's a priest living in this area? Um, you know, because they would only go, most of them would only go to Jerusalem during certain periods of the year. And, you know, why can't you send me there? Um, and so, I mean, this there's a lot that's happening here that when you dig into the cultural context, should really challenge our ideas of what it means to have faith um, in, in God's presence. I think most of us have some sort of, and this is not, it's not always used badly, um, pride in the sense that it's hard for us to ask for help, whether that's to ask him to open a can of something for me because my can opener's given me a fit, or if it's to ask for food or water. But when you go to someone who's living in poverty, and ask them for their food mm -hmm. um that that's difficult i can see where elijah would have really struggled and said are you are you sure god this is exactly what you want me to do because she's a widow like i'm taking her food um is she going to understand or you know i just can imagine maybe he didn't wrestle in his mind like i do in mine but but um there's just so much so much there just in that one little sentence when you think about it and even think about it culturally um, with what they went through there in that time period. Yeah, and, and as we get ready to read on through uh, the next passage of Scripture, it's an, there's an interesting exchange to her. Um, when he asks her for bread, she basically swears on Elijah's God that she doesn't have bread. Uh, she said, as surely as the Lord your God lives. Now, we can do all sorts of gymnastics to say well this means the woman was a servant of God this means this woman was not a servant of God etc etc uh, and I don't know that we get anywhere but I think what she was really doing is looking at Elijah and saying you're one of the people who believes in one God the singular God and I don't have it and so she was willing it's just an interesting thought that she was not willing to swear on her life on the life of Baal her God or her people's God, whether it was hers or not. Uh, she wasn't willing to swear on any of the other agrarian, agricultural gods, but she was willing to swear on Elijah's God. And uh, it shows there, I think, I think it's why God's sending there, this woman of faith. I mean, this woman who, and by the way, faith is not necessarily, faith sometimes just telling the truth. I mean, faith is just literally saying, this is my situation, this is my circumstance. And I've been challenged by that so much lately that faith is not necessarily the great miraculous things you may do, uh, but faith is saying, these are my circumstances and this is my situation. And she says, I don't even have any bread. I mean, there's no, you know, she, she just tells them the truth. And so I think that's just an interesting exchange. To, I mean, the story has got so many layers in there. Um, and, and, and this is why we can't miss it. It's not about Elijah and it's not about the widow. It's about God working through and in them in their circumstances. And that's, that's why these moments are interesting. It is. And, and not even pointing out the fact that God said he had prepared a widow. Yeah. And so she didn't necessarily know, oh, this guy's going to be coming up to me and asking me for food. It's quite obvious. But she did, you know, say what she said, I, I can give you some drink, I don't have any food, but he had softened her heart to be engaged in this conversation, which led to her ultimately giving him what he had asked for. And as we're about to see, even more than that.
So verses 13 and 14. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Well, when we look at this passage, our, our response, in my estimation, should be to quickly apply it to our lives. And, and I just want to look at Elijah for a second. Elijah says to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do what you said. Uh, Elijah 100% treats her concerns and treats her as valid and whole. Um, he doesn't say it's going to be alright. He does say it's going to be alright. He gets there. He gets to that point. But the first thing he says is, you do what you've planned to do. But I'm asking you to take one step of faith in the middle of that. And I'm asking you to make a small piece of that for me. In other words, dedicate it for me. Um, the idea being that that you don't bake one loaf and then break off a piece for the prophet. You, you bake for the prophet and you bake for yourself um, because there's a there's a faith involved in that. And I, I just I see Elijah just looking at this woman and saying, "Yes, you have you have real valid concerns, and this is a horrible situation." And and go ahead and do what you plan to do. I'm asking you to do this, and then he goes into what God's going to do. So, yeah, that she had no, nothing to offer Elijah. She had an empty cabinet, empty pantry, um, and she had no prospects of getting any more from it. And she couldn't go down to Kroger and buy another bag of flour just because she was about to run out. She ultimately had lost all hope. She was going to. As she said in the last verse, verse 12, um, I think it was verse 12, she was going to bake a cake for her mm -hmm. and her son, and they were going to lay down and die because what else are they going to do? There's no more food. There's no more drink. Um, but she chose to do what he said. We'll see that in a minute here, but she chose to do what he said. So she had to take, like Daniel said, a leap of faith and decide, should I do what Elijah said? Should I should I try and test what he said? Or should I just do what I was going to already do and let this be my last meal in peace? Um, and there's so many ways we can apply that to our lives, especially even today with what we have going on in um, the world with, you know, the virus and then the relapse and stuff like that. But it's just a lot of faith and, and trust one step at a time, day by day. Yeah, and... As I was thinking of this passage, the, the, the visual that got me was that most of us view ourselves pulling up to a circumstance in our life with a U-Haul truck. And in that U-Haul truck, we may have couches. That might work. Nope, they don't work for this. Okay, we got a bed. Will that work? Nope, won't work. And so... You know, we 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 pull up with all of these things, these pieces of ourselves that we feel are going to fix whatever problem that we're encountering. 
And that's what we put towards it. Intelligence, I got that. I can have intelligence. I can read stuff. I can watch videos. Logic, I have logic. I can do that. And so we, we take those things that God has blessed us with and we elevate them to the level of God where we play God in the role. And Elijah says to her, and she's already there, by the way. She's there in verse 12. She says, I'm going home to die. And that's we, we look at that as a fatalistic, horrible statement. I don't think it is. I think she's just accepting the fact that she has no other recourse. And if God doesn't intervene or a God doesn't intervene, she's going to die. Um, this isn't a woe is me, I'm in a horrible situation, you know, whatever. She's just accepting her reality. And because of that, she has faith. Because she has accepted her reality, and, and I just think that how many times I get in my own way uh, by not accepting my reality, and I, I try to use my intelligence and my logic and my reasoning and my expertise, whatever it may be, to fix the situation, and uh, and, and we exhaust ourselves. We're not in the mood for God to work, or in the place for God to work. Yeah. Like I just exhausted you right there. Huh? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I mean, I know that the, the, the illustrator, the, the writer goes on to make a ton of illustrations about, like, the vaccine and how, you know, in our current circumstances and stuff. And it is a valid point that, as we've tried to adjust, that we haven't done well. I mean, I haven't done well. You know, we, it's, it's so much easier to look and point and blame, and it's so much easier to uh, complain and not just step into wherever we're at in our life and say, this is the circumstances of our life, and, and move on with it, you know? Yeah, it's, it's so easy to, to, um, to do the blame game instead of just, and, and we're not even looking at this today, but you just keep reading First Kings 17, and what happened when the widow's son died. And Elijah never defended himself or his God. Mm. He just stepped into where she was and stayed there with her and helped her and cried out to God with her and for her. And we see that here too because he didn't, she she already said, I'm going to just go home and die because that's that's the, um, she, she wasn't being, uh, you know, overly optimistic. She But she wasn't being, ridiculous either she mm -hmm. was accepting the circumstances and being a realist here and he practically steps in that situation with her there too he he says don't be afraid go home and and do as you've said you're gonna do and then he gives her a little bit to chew on but first do this and then this is what's gonna happen if you do choose to do this and so we are we have steps into a circumstance right now that or we woke up into a circumstance mm -hmm. like, you know overnight and then you feel like things are better and then you slide right back into the circumstance and so it it can be as the writer pointed out um where's that i can't find it where we always depended on the economy and jobs and businesses and health and then sometimes we just feel let down. And I'm sure the past couple of weeks you may feel like that because it's like everything kind of got back to where you thought, oh, okay, this is kind of, we're kind of getting over the hump. And then you have a little bit of a, 
setback, so to speak, and you feel a little overwhelmed. And that's okay. It's okay to feel overwhelmed, but just accept the circumstances you're in. I think more than anything, we get upset with our routine being um, upset mm -hmm. than we do, hey, we got a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wrote something down earlier when we were talking, and, and it's this, is that God's presence equals God's provision. Um, and Elijah knew that. He knew God was with him, and he knew that that meant there would be something um, and it's so interesting because he says, make myself, just make me a little piece. Just make a little something for me and then make your own and eat it. Um, and in fact, there's two different words used there for himself. Um, doesn't matter which translation you use. Uh, if you go back to the original uh, Hebrew, there's two different words, one for peace and one for meal. And so Elijah is accepting his role. And I think that's, you know, when we call, we call it a life of faith, that's a huge part of it, is accepting our role in, in circumstances. Yeah, we have an, it's an opportunity. What opportunity do we have every day to um, to serve him? Yeah. We're gonna go on to the last passage. Um, I also just heard a baby cry, so we'll yeah. see how that goes. Little but. man's waking up, so. Um, verse 15 says, Shinna went away, sorry. <laughs> She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Well, I mean, the first thing I see there that just, just literally just jumps off the face and smacks me is that it was no longer Elijah, the woman, and the boy. It was now her family. Because out of God's goodness and out of God's provision, uh, she blessed. And she led. And it's, I, I mean, that's just an amazing thing. You know, just a few short days before, it was just the woman and the boy because the family had, had circled themselves into their self-protection mode. And uh, the woman and the boy were going to die. But now Elijah has showed up, and the presence of God has shown up, and it's no longer Elijah, woman, and the boy. It's Elijah, the woman, and the boy, and now she's included her family. And I, I just think that's just, that's that's when you want to know whether or not faith is at work in your life. Um, and in my life, the question is, how many other people are we including? Um, and seeing is completely valid. I mean, I, I could... I mean, she could have just told Elijah, hey, you know what? They wouldn't help me out. You showed up a week ago and I didn't have any food and, you know, but I think that's such a challenging thought there. Yeah, I think, I think so too. Um, her, just her willingness to step out and, and do as he had asked her to do. And um, on the book, the writer pointed out our willingness to trust God and act in faith gives him the opportunity to display his power in our lives. And it is. It's just like, just because this woman acted in faith, she was able to show her family and all the people around her um, what God could do in and through her life. And the same thing with Elijah, just by allowing God to use him to speak to this woman, kept her alive and her family alive through those things. And um, the other example that was given was Matthew 9, 22. Um, 
when the woman had suffered with bleeding for 12 years and she stepped out in faith and touched Jesus' robe. And there's multiple, multiple stories of that in the New Testament, Luke 17 and the 10 lepers and the ones who, um, he told them to go and show themselves and they obey and they were, they obeyed and they were healed. And just the acts of faith and just stepping out and doing as you've been asked to do. Yeah, so as we look at Elijah's life, it's a reminder that, you know, God's called us into a, a for lack of a better way of saying it, God's called us into a partnership with him, uh, where we're either going to accept his presence in our daily lives, or we're going to act and live as if he's present, or we're going to act and live as if we're the last best bet for planet Earth, or planet USA, or planet Waycross, or whatever our family name might be. Um, and push ourselves to the top so that we make sure our voice is heard or if we're just going to serve in faith. So take a lot of the story and let it challenge you there as it has us. Yes, thank you for listening. And um, if we don't meet um, again soon, if we have another lapse, we'll just record again. So, thank you. Thank you. all